Praise God, and I'm excited this morning. I'm actually going to start a new message series today that is going to go for the next number of weeks, and I'm really, I feel like God's really put this on my heart, and the, the title of the message series is going to be called The Power Of, The Power Of, and so if you can just envision this, you see The Power Of, and then, you know, like an underscore line, fill in the blank, and then each week we're going to be talking about different elements of what the Word of God teaches us that are in critical parts of our lives, critical things that we need to walk in in power and authority and, uh, and address a lot of those. And so here's kind of the opening, if you will, for the series. The heart behind it is um, the, the, the power of that as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, that the life that we are called to live is a life that is supposed to consistently walk in demonstratively in a, in a power that actually doesn't originate or come from this world, with, but a power that actually flows out of heaven from on high, that actually comes and, and, and infuses our lives and empowers our lives for us to live in a way, guys, this is huge, that is completely contrary and contradictory to the way that we would be able to live if we were only doing it according to principles of the world. And so that's part of the Christian walk that is supposed to go forth and, and, and make the impact in the world. It's because you, you have the world and you have the world's principles and the world's thought process. And then all of a sudden you have somebody coming along who's living in the world but not of the world, right? Like Jesus said. And so they're living and they're living with the spirit of the living God on the inside of them. We know when we give our lives to Christ and we accept him as our Lord and Savior, the Bible says that his Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us. Jesus likened it to being born again. He's talking about a spiritual birth, not the physical birth. That's why he said again, because we're born once physically, but then we're born spiritually where the Spirit of God lives on the inside of us. So we're living our lives in the world, but not of the world, because we're living according to principles that are consistent with heaven and with a power that's supernatural, that originates in the eternal, that flows out of the eternal, but it collides with the natural, with the finite, that we're actually walking in, but not of, and it totally disrupts everything. It brings a power that flows out of you, that disrupts, that conflicts, most importantly, that overcomes anything in the world that would conflict or be contrary to that. That's actually how we're supposed to live. Did you know that? To where there's power always coming out of our lives, flowing through us into our lives that is totally contrary to what the world, the conditions of the world, the principles of the world, the thought processes of the world say that we ought to be able to live by. And that's the way Jesus lived every day. And that's the way he taught his disciples to live. And that's the way that they walked whenever they brought life and power into the New Testament church. And that's why it spread so rapidly is because it's like Paul says, he says, I didn't come into you, come to visit you or meet you or come to um, share with you in eloquence of speech, but I came in a uh, spirit of power and in demonstration. And so he's saying, look, I may not have like got all of the etiquette right and all the words and the grammar right and wasn't some professional speaker, you know, like JJ, and I, I didn't have all that going on. I wasn't throwing out Batman and Snow Cone and Jerry Maguire in the same message. You know, I'm not that good. Um, but he said, I'll tell you what I did do, I did do, and this is why your lives got changed, is because I came 
in, in a spirit of power and in demonstration. You saw something, you encountered something, you experienced something. There was something that was happening that when you felt it, when you saw it, when you witnessed it, when you testified to it, you knew in your heart of hearts, maybe you couldn't explain it all, but it was from something beyond this world. There was something heavenly about it. There was the nature of God. There was the divine nature of God that was flowing in me, flowing out of me, that touched you, that you felt, that you experienced. And because of that, it changed your whole world. It transformed your whole life. There's nothing that's ever going to be the same again. Because he who is born of Christ is born an overcomer because Christ already came and overcame the world. So guess what? That same spirit that's in you, that's the same spirit that overcame the world, and that's the same spirit that we live by. Listen to this. Open up your Bible to Ephesians chapter 1. And so just, these are things that I, I feel like they just should blow you away. They should absolutely blow you away. You should say like, oh my gosh, like, am I living like that? Is my life really a life that's super... Uh, that's supernatural. I could say it's supernatural. Like there's power that's heavenly about it. There's wisdom of God that's that's marking every day of my life. Or do we go these vast, long seasons and stretches where really our lives are just way more influenced or controlled or kind of boxed in? The parameters are set for our lives more by the conditions of the world and all of all the principles here in this finite place that we live. What a shame! But it's true, so many Christians live that way. It's like, we, we believe in God, we love Jesus, no, no doubt about that. But then you take all the days of our lives and we walk and we live and it's just powerless. It's dry. There's nothing heavenly, there's nothing powerful happening in our lives. And as a result, there, it doesn't look so much different than anybody that walks according to the world. It's, you know, it's like, it's, we see that and we think, well, wait, wait a minute. There's a, when you really get down to it, there's not a whole lot of difference there. That's not the way it should be. There should be a drastic difference. It should be one of like those before and after pictures, you know, like you see, I, I just a bunch of people in our church that are getting into great shape right now and losing tons of weight and showing all these before and after pictures, you know, and I, and all these after pictures, you see these chiseled sculptured bodies and I'm like, man, they're pulling some of my Facebook photos off again and <laughs> Photoshopping their heads on my body and, you know, but it, you see the, these drastic before and afters and you're like, wow, that's amazing. That's powerful. Think about that from a spiritual standpoint. Like, that ought to be our lives. That ought to be the portrait in your life every day. There's before, but baby, there's after. Look at this. This was me dead. This was me unalive. This was me a, a, away from the spirit of the living God. And this is when I was reborn. And this is when I walk in power. And this is the change and the difference in my life that's being made now every single day. Not according to me, but according to he who works in me. That should be this drastic portrait of like this before and after thing going on that you see every day in your life. It should blow you away. You should look at it and be blown away because it's not you, it's him. You should be like, whoa, that's unbelievable, God. Like, look at what you're doing in my life. I can't even get over that. I can't take credit for that. I could never do that. This is unreal. Like, you, you, I want more of you. I got to have more of you, God. It's just awesome. It's this constant progressional process that we're going through where we got to have more of him and then his power just flows more through us. Isn't that amazing? Listen to this, Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 15, Paul says here, he says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding... And being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, 
What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places? So think about this. This is unreal, really, if you get this. The sa- what he's saying here is that he's saying this same spirit, the Holy Spirit, the same spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that's at work in you. It's the same spirit that ought to be performing miracles and supernatural things and heavenly things. Your, your life ought to be marked by a heavenly kind of nature. He's saying that's the spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Like that's the spirit that you ought to be living by. And I don't know about you, but when I hear that, man, that just like hits me hard. It hits me head on. Like, wow, like he's right. That is. But man, am I living like that? Is that what my life really truly represents? And I want to get there. I need to be there. Like God help me be there. You know, that's important. Same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It's the same spirit that's actually working and operating in us all the time. He says that he would be working by, by power power. That word is used all throughout the New Testament. And it's typically always the same root word. It's dynamis, dynamis in the Greek. And he says that this power, if you study that, it actually means the miraculous working power and nature of God, the ability of God that's actually operating and being released into the lives of his children as believers. Isn't that amazing? I mean, you know, Jesus said something like, say, hey, he who believes in me He's going to do these same kind of works. Actually, greater works is he going to do. Wow, okay. Wow, if that's true, then my life really should be a life of a reflection that looks a whole lot more like the things that I read in this book that happen than some dry, dead, powerless kind of life. And I'm telling you, that's what Satan would love to do. He would love to take children of God to the Spirit of Christ that lives, the Spirit of the Holy Spirit living in us. He say, "Doggone it, I lost them," because we were born by the Spirit of adoption, right? God claims us; His Holy Spirit comes live inside us, become children or heirs of God. And Satan says, "Man, doggone, I lost them." But I'll tell you what I'm going to do: I'm going to stifle them. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try to deny them. I'm try to rob them. I'm going to try to deceive them, so they have no idea, no knowledge, and most importantly, they never walk a day in power. They never walk a day where that power, that spirit that's in them that I see, because I saw it when Christ was raised from the dead, I saw that. I saw that. I felt that defeat. I knew what that meant. That was my end. That sealed my fate. And man, am I terrified because that's the spirit that lives in these children. And if I can just keep that from happening, if I can just keep that from ever flowing out, from ever coming out of their lives, if I can prevent them from ever being like Paul was where he came in the spirit of power and a demonstration, dear God, don't let there be a demonstration from that life of that believer. If I could just keep them from knowing that that actually is in them and they never walk according to that, I think I'm just going to be okay with that because I've already lost their soul. I've already lost that fight. Isn't that crazy? But that's really how this can go. Listen to this. Flip over here into Ephesians chapter 3. Again, we're introducing a series today called The Power Of. And I may even get, I don't know if I'll even get to the first of today, but that's okay. So in uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, it says, Paul's, again, he's, in, he's declaring a prayer that he has for uh, the saints in the church. He says, for this reason... I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, this is one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible right here, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in your inner man. Huge, so much that you can unpack in that, but we're going to move on for right now. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you may be being rooted and grounded in love, you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Verse 20, here it is. Now him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, when you put two extreme adjectives next to each other in the Bible, that always gets your attention, right? To him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to what? According to the power that works in us. And then verse 21 seals it up. This is actually what we talked about in worship today. To him be the glory in the church by Christ. So what you see, guys, is you see, if you can picture this, you almost, um, you ever see like, I don't know if you've ever seen those, uh, you buy an appliance and it's electrical, it's kind of got like the electrical flow chart, shows you how the current operates so you can hook everything up properly. Um, and then, you know, you never do that. So it shocks you or whatever. So, it's, so if you could picture this, it's a, he's saying, look, God's able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ask, think or ask in us by the power, according to the power that works in us so that he can get the glory. So in Romans chapter 11, verse 36, it says something else. It kind of says it this way. It says, to, from God to whom all, all things come it says all things are of him, are through him, and are to him. There's this, like, there's this cycle. There's this consistent pattern, right? So what is it saying? It's saying the, whole, the source of the power, you've you got to know this. I think probably we, most of us would say we do. The source of the power is from above. It's from on high. It's from the creator of heaven and earth. And it's the spirit of the living God. And so he says all things are of him and are through him. So we walk every day. This is where that whole according to the power that works in us part comes in. It's a sustaining power. It's a daily walking power. It's in every step you take is a step of power. Like, it, that's what it's saying. He's saying of him and through him. Every breath you take, think about it, every breath you take, your life, every bit of life you have is sustained by the living God. If he takes his hand off anything, it's, it's done. So all things are of him, are through him, according to the power that works in us, and then are to him. It's like as that power flows out and the miraculous nature of God is revealed in this world, it's confronted and the, the, the worldly nature is confronted, disrupted, and overcome, then all that glory just gets lifted right back up to God. And then that power just keeps coming right back on down. You see that? It's like we walk according to a power. But the, the reality is, is that not everybody that has the spirit of Christ in them actually does walk according to power. And you see that. You see people tossed to and fro like waves in the sea. You see people living and walking in constant state of oppression, uh, constant state of bondage, affliction, and it bears down on them, it weighs down on them, and it basically becomes like spiritual paralysis. There's no miraculous, powerful, world-changing nature that's pouring out of them. It's like somewhere along the line, the devil was able to build a wall and stop that floodgate up and keep it from flowing out. But God's saying, look, I'm going to blow that thing wide open. I want to burst that thing wide open because he says... He says, you're, you're not a reservoir. You don't hold that. You're, you're actually a river, right? Remember belly, the rivers of living water will rise up in your belly and burst out. 
when you study that in the Greek, you see, there's actually pictures, examples that you could see of a geyser that's bust, bursting forth out of the earth with that pressure, right? So it's, the rivers of, of life ought to be flowing out of you. you. Nobody's meant to be dammed up and to be walled up. We're supposed to be this open floodgate constantly where this water and this power is just pouring out of us into our lives. And think about that. Think about if the power of God, the true miracle nature of God. You know, we are partakers of the divine nature, right? Peter says that. That means that we share in the nature of God, that we're, we're the same nature as him, actually. His life is flowing in our body, our veins, his spirit's in us, like we have the same nature of God. And so that, think about that power, that nature of God, if it's truly flowing out of you and hitting every part of your life that you're living in right now. Imagine if your family, if your home, if your relationships, if your career, if your, just everything, right? The whole element of you, of you, if everything was being disrupted and being overcome and overtaken with the miraculous heavenly nature of all-powerful nature, my gosh, maybe the same power and spirit that raised Christ from the dead would actually be the same thing coming out of you and hitting every part of your life. Spilling in, overtaking, overcoming, disrupting, and changing the entire atmosphere. I want an atmosphere around me in my life so much resemblant of heaven that you couldn't recognize the world in it. That's what I think that we're all supposed to live like. Not some of us guys, not certain people, not elite Christians, that whole spirit of elitism. Jesus condemned that thing. He spoke right against that thing, and he, he admonished that. And because they were so bound up in that spirit of elitism, preferentialism of who they were, they missed the Messiah altogether. They were blinded by that, by that self-righteousness. See, there's none in the church who are more preferred than others who are supposed to be walking according to some power that none, nobody else gets to experience. It's a lie from the pit of hell, and it's not true. We're just all different. We're just all unique. We're all positioned differently. God says he puts each member of the body in different places as he chooses, as he fits, and then seasons and times as he wants to. We're just in different places at different times with different gifts, but same power. Remember that? He said, same power. There's a spirit of prophecy, and there's all these wonderful things, but it's the same spirit behind all of it. It's the same God that's actually empowering and infusing every bit of that. The source is always the original same source. It's like you look at a river, say the Mississippi, and you see all these little tributaries and these branches and these offshoots and everything. But eventually you go all the way up to some point up in Minnesota, I believe it is, in the mountains up north, and there's a spot where everything starts. There's original source. God is the spirit. He's the source of everything. And all of his power is meant to be just like that river builds up, builds up momentum and volume and power and strength and force. Like that's the way he wants to move in and through our lives. There's this power that's constantly supposed to be flowing out of us. And I have this great passion. I think, look, just personally to me, I feel like what we see happening in the world is it's getting close, you know. I think we're getting close to the end. I'm, I'm not saying this is going to happen at a certain time or nothing like that, of course. But I, here's my point, is that when you, you can see in the, in the Bible, whenever it gets close to the end, there is a major uprising that begins to happen. There is a major strengthening of God's church. There is a major infusion of power that begins to get poured out. It's not that there was no power before. It's just that there's a significant increase. There's a heightening. There's an intensification of that so that the world is beginning to be hit hard and confronted with the reality of heaven while the world is beginning to come close to the end. And so I think that 
my passion is to say, look, I, I, want, I want the church to be filled with power. I want the believer to be filled with power. I want them to be living a life that is truly like what Paul's saying. You walk into your job on Monday or you, on Tuesday. Not that you come in and you say this out loud, but you're thinking to himself, hey, I didn't come to you in an excellent speech. No, I just came to you in spirit of power and in demonstration. Like God is evident in my life. He's working and he's doing something. And as a result, this whole atmosphere around me, like you can't help but be changed because the spirit of the living God is at work in and through me and he's coming out of me. And this whole atmosphere is going to get changed. Like Paul walked in every situation knowing this place is going to change. You imagine that? Like they walked in knowing like this place. I imagine like when they're walking in and they're, you know, they're on the trails or whatever. And they see the little city or the little town. Like, oh, you have no idea. You have no idea what's coming. You're about ready to be changed, city of Ephesus. You're about ready to be turned upside down, city of Thessalonica. Man, Philippi, you have no idea what's getting ready to hit you. You know? I mean, where have you walked in before, like recently, and thought that? Man, Walmart? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know? You got no idea. I'm being serious, guys. I'm being dead serious. Like, the world needs this so bad. Because the world is, it's the world, man. It's stale, it's dead, it's dry bread, it's lifeless, fading, passing away, vapor, psh, gone. Nothing, no power in it. The thing is, though, is that people out there craving something that has life in it. They may not always know it necessarily in their natural mind. Like, hey, I need this and this is what I want. But they're craving it. They need it desperately. Because when God created us, and he, he created every person, right? I mean, even people who choose to rebel against God and sin and who aren't going to spend eternity with him, like, he still created them and he still loves them. The Bible says the will of God is that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. So even, even the people who don't know, they're still, the Bible says that God created us with eternity in our heart. They're still craving, they're still a yearning, they're still a desire deep down in the deepest part of a man. And remember, it's deeper than the, the mental, like this is the mind and then you have the spirit, like the craving for eternity is in our spirit. And everybody has that. There's a desire. There's a yearning for that. And some people just don't know it or they've never been met with anything that satisfies that need. And so they don't understand or they've never been nourished in that way. But you take a life-giving source, you take a spirit of the living God, all-powerful, same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, and you, you, you offer that, you bring that to someone through your life, through your word, through your deeds and actions, It'd change everything. They'll come in touch with that. They'll encounter one thing, and it'll be like, that's a fit. That's what I need. That's what I've been missing. That's what I need. If there's any openness whatsoever in their heart, if there's no walls put up, if there's any crack, there's anything that the word of God can get in and fall on fresh soil, boom, transform, change forever. Isn't it amazing? Power of God, man. He says, God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than you can think or ask according to the power that works in us. And that's the part we got to get, according to the power that works in us. Because, see, some of us, some people are kind of like, we've got this thing where, you know, we just think, we don't think very highly of ourselves. Some people have this thing where they're just like, oh, you know, I'm not, and, and they're kind of down on themselves. And, and other people are overconfident and prideful, and there's these different things. But the whole idea is it's, it's it, whether it's you feel like not worthy enough or you feel like you're not good enough or whether you feel like, you know, you got it all together, 
the whole idea is that it has nothing to do with you. It's according to the power that actually is in you and that works through you that wants to get out, wants to get out. Like, why would Jesus send his Holy Spirit to just be canned up and boxed up and put away and packaged until eternity? Why, why would he do that? He'd just take us right to heaven, wouldn't he? I mean, he put it in there because he said, okay, you got it. Now it's got to get out. Now it's got to change the world. It's got to transform the world. See, I'm about a heavenly kingdom. I'm about building for eternity. And the whole key for me getting more people here is that that power that I just put in you, it's got to get out. It's got to get to people. It's got to touch people's lives. Like you got to know and believe that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and is at work in you. And it can transform and change everything in this world, this passing, fading world that you live in. That's why Paul says, I pray, man, that you be strengthened. This was verse 16, that verse I told you is one of my favorites. I pray that you be strengthened by his spirit in your inner man, in your spirit, in that deepest part of you. He's saying, I'm praying above all things that, my God, your spirit, your faith grows and comes alive and gets so powerful and strong to just busting forth because everything else kind of flows from that. That's the life-giving source is the spirit of God on the inside of us. I'm praying that you be strengthened in that inner man, in that spirit of you. It's funny, you know, like some people... uh, even Christians, I think, but we see the world and it's like, okay, you know, I, this is real because I can touch it and this thing is real, not on, but it's real. Uh, you know, these walls, all this is real, but like my spirit, you know, I can't see that and I can't touch that. And, and so what's real, this is what's crazy, it's like totally opposite of of spiritual reality but it's like what's real is what i can see and touch and so the spirit in me and god's spirit it's just like it's less real to them it's not it's it's less significant maybe i don't know but the 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 truth is if all of a sudden the like the way the bible describes when we get to heaven and the veil comes down and we see all for what it is if that happened right now if all of a sudden we could all see like we'll see one day when we get to heaven you, you're, you'll look around, and I'm telling you, the spirit in you is the most real part of you that there is, you know? And you find, we're going to all find that out one day, because the body, it says it's a decaying flesh. It's a tent pew, bunk, sewn right into the seat of the earth, just like the dust that it came from. Gone, decaying, done. Spirit, though, pew, lives forever. So the body gets older and dies, deteriorates. Some of us really know how that goes, right? <laughs> um, and, and it fades, and it deteriorates. It actually gets weaker over time. But the spirit of the man... Not so. Spirit of the man ought to get stronger, grow, build, and it ought to become more and more and more of an outflow of an expression of God's power in our lives as we move forward. That's the life of the man of faith or woman of faith. The inner man that you strengthen by spirit and by his spirit in your inner man according to the power that's working in you. Because he says that, so that word, the power, we just talked about that, the miracle working power, the miraculous nature of God that's at work in the life of the believer being released in the world. And it says that worketh in you. So this is, this is awesome, this word worketh. It means an intensification process, energio, okay? And so it grows and it builds. And if I can give you an example or paint a picture, um, imagine like electricity that's flowing through a current and it's coming to a light source, and it's just kind of like going, building, building, building. And when it gets to the light, boom, and all of a sudden lights up. And all of a sudden you see the expression of the power. It's all through there, but you see the full expression of the power at the end of the current. 
So the Spirit of God is according to the power that worketh in us. He's saying, look, that power, it is a, your life ought to be a constant intensification process of God's power where that light's literally being lit every single day like the end of a current where that power just is running through and it's able to be expressed and get out. There ought to be a demonstration of that. There ought to be a demonstration of that. But there's not always a demonstration. There's a power. It's like the light's turned off, the switch is off, current stopped. It's there. It's fully there. You go touch it, you'll find out. But there's no light. And so as a result, people are in darkness. There's perfectly capable power source for light right here. But there's darkness all around. That's the world. Isn't that amazing? Power of God living in everybody that loves Jesus. But there's a lot of lights off. Wow. So we're going to go in this direction over the next number of weeks. And I don't even have time to get into the first one today. Which is fine. I really wanted to spend some time opening this up because this is, this is the whole driving heart behind this is that the church, that people would really get on fire for having power in their lives. And we're going to talk about the power of prayer. We're going to talk about the power of words. We're going to talk about the power of thoughts, power of a testimony, power of generosity. I don't know, we got a lot, I, there's a lot of, just, it's this whole idea that like we can, we can live these way, we can have these things in our lives that are totally bent and shaped by the world with no power as a Christian with power in us and have no power coming out in these things that God's given us power for and actually didn't just give it, he said you need it. It's really important because if you don't have it and you walk according to the world, then you're just gonna be tossed to and fro. So you, you, I give you this power, then you need to walk in this power. What does this power look like? What is a believer that thinks with the mind of Christ? But how does that look? What is God's, Jesus said, I, I didn't say anything in word that my father didn't tell me to say. Like every word he said he, was the father already spoke to him. What does it look, to, look like to be a believer to speak words that are only of life, right? And, and thoughts and words and, and everything. It's like there's power that the church has had, really, since Jesus. I mean, he gave it to us. But there's power that is so desperately needed today. I mean... You want to talk about flipping the world on its end, upside down? Like, I mean, you know, the, 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 the evil side of that is kind of already started to try to do that. <laughs> but we got to flip it back the other way. Yeah. Let's turn it on its end. Amen. Now you turn it on its end. You just release a power. You, you just you open up the floodgates, and kind of JJ said, this power just pours out of you. That's why, that's why Jesus said, he said, when you pray, pray like this. He said, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Kingdom of heaven. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, through me, introduced heavenly realities into a sinful, broken world. Introduce kingdom principles into a world that's bent on principles that are finite and decaying and powerless. Isn't that unreal? It's, 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 a, it's a kingdom overtaking. Like There's been wars all through history, right? Kingdoms will come in, one kingdom will conquer another, and They'll get strong, and then another kingdom will come, and that kingdom will conquer. I mean, you, you, saw, you saw Babylon, and then you saw Persia, and then you saw Greece, and then you saw Rome, and then you know, all these different transitions of kingdoms, and kingdoms would rise and fall to power. Let me tell you something. There's a kingdom that's here, and there's a kingdom that's coming that's eternal that is never going to fall. It's the, it's the kingdom of heaven. And God has actually introduced that kingdom into this earth because of his son. 
He brought forth that power so that the, rea- the kingdom of heaven couldn't just, wasn't just living in, in the universe up here in the third heaven in the space up here. He actually introduced it into this world. He opened up the gateway. He opened up Jesus as the mediator. He created a bridge, and all of a sudden, the kingdom of heaven can flow by faith through the life of every believer, and the kingdom of heaven can actually is, was introduced right here into this world. And that same kingdom, when Jesus returns, it's going to come back, and, this, and, and the kingdom of heaven is going to rule over all of the universe, and it's going to be eternal. And we're all going to know then it's not going to really be a, a secret. It's not really going to be a hard thing to figure out. Like, we're going to be living in glory, <laughs> paradise. We're in heaven. It's, we're ruling all over all the universe, and all the evil has been cast away now into the lake of fire, and we're in this perfect place. But the crazy thing is, is that right now, yeah, evil is still here, hasn't been cast into the lake of fire yet, but the crazy thing is, is that the kingdom of heaven is here too. It's actually already been introduced. Isn't that something? So really, if every believer, every child of God was living in power, this world would look a whole lot more like heaven than it looks like the world right now. Billions of Christians on the planet. Think of that. All of a sudden, power right out of every person one day. Boom, all of a sudden, whoa, this looks more like heaven than earth. What happened? Glory to God. Miracles are happening everywhere. Just saying. Patty, I'm just saying. Right? All right. Stand to your feet with me today. Hallelujah. Well, wasn't quite sure how this was going to go, but... I was super excited to open this up and I hope for now that we're all encouraged that you know it's like our appetites have been whetted for what's what's there what's coming what's what's all that we have man there ought to be something I think right now if the spirit of God is is spoke to you today there ought to be something in you right now that's saying oh man I, I need more I need that I need more I gotta go to that next place. I got I to gotta keep going. I, I need to see more of an expression of God's power in my life. You know, stop thinking, even like little things that you're dealing with and stuff, whatever, just like thinking through, okay, what am I going to do and how am I going to figure this out and figure that out and maybe take a step back for just a second from all that and say, man, there is a kingdom of heaven in me. There is a power in me. What if that touched this situation? All of a sudden, I think what we are considering or possibilitizing in our minds probably looks like a limiting belief or a limiting factor. But if we think about it according to the fact there's a power working in us, spirit raised Christ from the dead, man, all of a sudden, I got a whole different picture of what that outcome can look like. I don't know about you. If heaven touches that thing, wow, I better stop trying to figure out my own ideas and plans for this deal. I better just let heaven get out and touch this and change this situation. And then I'll just maybe put some context to what is happening as best as I can. But let's let heaven have its way here. Amen.